Chapter 2, Earl Godwin. Ten years later, Godwin, the new Earl of Wessex, stood leaning against the stone wall of the new grand hall that was built in his honour, and observed the pairs of dancers prancing around in time to the music. The ball had been thrown to celebrate his new job, and the new land that he was now in charge of, Wessex, it was the wealthiest earldom in England, making Godwin second only to King Canute. Godwin had not been raised in riches, an unassuming boy from Sussex, he'd risen to these high ranks through meeting the right people at the right time, and being able to chat and charm almost anyone into doing what he wanted. He was a short man, with curly dark hair and a heavy brow that made it look like he was always frowning. His eyes were small and dark, and flitted across the dancers to the seat of the king at the top of the hall. Canute and Godwin had met hunting, and through a lucky set of circumstances, Godwin had been granted the earldom, and had become Canute's most trusted adviser. Godwin had also taken Canute's sister as his wife, securing his place in the centre of power in England. Godwin's eye was caught by Emma, the king's wife. She was dressed for the evening in a white dress laced with pearls and precious stones, sat by her king and talking animatedly to the other nobles. It was obvious that she loved being the centre of attention. Almost as if she felt Godwin looking at her, she turned her head and looked straight back at him, a smile still in her eyes as they shared a private silent joke at the expense of the Earl of East Anglia. Emma and Godwin had perhaps become closer friends than either of them was to their king. Perhaps it was because they both shared the same ambition for power and the limelight, or because their minds worked more quickly than most of the people in the king's court, or simply because they were both English, in this new power structure of Vikings, who had their different customs and different languages. Godwin was pulled from his thoughts as the dancers cleared to make way for two men jumping and twisting so vociferously that the more reserved guests stepped aside. The violin and lute players sped the tune up, playing along with these two young men who were clearly keen to show off to the crowd. Godwin saw, without surprise, that the men were Hartha Canute and Harold Harefoot, half-brothers and rivals wherever they went. Hartha Canute was the son of the king and queen, Emma and Canute. He took after his father in looks, but not in statesmanship. He was a lively and bloodthirsty young man. Grinning through his blonde hair at the ball, Godwin was not tricked into his charm. He knew the vicious act that this man had already committed. And Harold, named Harefoot because of his talents hunting. He was the son of Canute and his previous wife in Northampton, Lady Elgafu. He was perhaps even more engaging than Harthur Canute. And although he was the son of the king, his brown hair made him look more English than Viking. Suddenly, Harthur Canute tripped, and falling backwards, his flagon of wine spilt over his white shirt and the dance was over. Harefoot have won this time. Laughing it off, the half-brothers soon slunk off into the crowd as dancers re-entered the floor and the musicians started a more gentle tune. As the years of Canute's rule went by, England became more and more fond of their foreign ruler and the Vikings. Although still terrifying and brutal, they had brought money, trade and small towns to England. The people were wealthier than they had been and no one was missing the scared old English King Ethelred anymore. Emma and Godwin continued to be a powerful friendship, close to the king and advising his every move. Emma was even left to govern England alone sometimes when Canute was abroad and loved the control. Godwin also endured new powers, going on regular trips to Denmark with the king, and there was no doubt that he was the king's right-hand man.